yowie wowie uh welcome to another exciting episode of your show that's right it's the kickout crew uh want to thank everybody for the amazing feedback from last week's episode and uh who would have thought we'd be number one huh i mean that's crazy right so really uh want to appreciate all the support that we're getting uh and hey did you check out the video version exclusively on premier streaming network because if not you should because your show's on there so uh yeah be sure to check that out be sure to follow us on twitter at kickout crew you can look us up on facebook oh kickout crew and you can even watch uh clips and previous episodes and stuff like that on our youtube and guess what <laughs> it's kickout crew too and while you're there go to instagram and like us on that also we're all over them social media you know what i'm saying but uh that's enough about that. I want to welcome everybody to uh, episode 72 or, you know, wherever you may be watching this could be a different number. But uh, anyway, my God, I've rambled enough. So are we just going to, well, you know what? I'm going to kick it over to uh, Rant and Stanton. So Adam, take it away. Uh, so I wanted to talk over Rant and Stanton for the day since I always got about Brad getting the first Everything on the outline. So uh, we're doing Ryan Stanton with referee Adam today. This is what gets me. You know, as we record, we just, you know, last night we or yesterday we watched All In. You know, pretty good pay-per-view. Um, I was expecting a little bit more. But out of all the matches, and then you get on internet, YouTube, what's the first thing y'all reading about? CM Punk. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why are we letting this man dictate what goes on in the back? I mean, it's it's killing me because it happened once at all out last year. Big deal. Okay, one and done. Hopefully, fine. But then we get a report of him and Jack Perry getting into it, and it's and it's killing me because out of all these shows that are real good. All you get, all you get to hear about and see about is how CM Punk is just, I guess, just rude to everybody. He's, I think somebody tried to say that he's, he's just, that's just how much he is into the wrestling itself. Uh, I get what was the word it was used. He, he's, he's just, that's just how passionate he is about wrestling. That's what it was. He's just too passionate and. Apparently, it's rubbing off the wrong way because everybody's getting in fights with him. So, apparently, Jack Perry got choked out by CM Punk. So, that's twice in a year that they have a, a damn good show, a damn good pay-per-view. And the very next day, all you hear about is CM Punk getting into it backstage with somebody. So, what can we do to get the six, guys? Do y'all think CM Punk has too much, uh, too much leverage in the back or... How's he even getting by with this? I mean, for I, I finally heard that they got suspended, but what does that mean? I mean, suspended for a week, two weeks? What are we talking about? So what, how do you guys feel about that? Do you ever think it's a work? Uh, like no. some of it at this point, like not originally, not not when before, like this attitude in the back kind of thing now? If it is, I think it's hurting punk. Because if he ever wants to go back to WWE, oh they're not going to have Oh, my gosh, he doesn't. <laughs> are you, are you, the money talks. He's on the heels. I don't talks. know if you heard. 
I don't know. I, just, I, I sometimes think it's played up a little bit. That's all. I'm not saying there's nothing. Maybe played up to the extreme. I think Tony Khan is kissing his ass and doing everything to keep him there. Yeah. I just Absolutely. like how it laid out this past weekend it all out. Wasn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's what's going on, Jamie. <laughs> I think he's just trying to be a team leader in a place where uh, team leaders not wanted. So he's just trying to coach everyone, help everyone a little bit, and they're all kind of just like, what are you doing? Get out of here. I can see that, but I think he's doing – like, he's going too far. Like, he's not the man in charge. He hasn't been there since day one. He's somebody there, and he's not even their biggest star. Like, they have other people there. Yeah, Hangman. Who's their I mean, biggest Hangman. star besides I'm, Hangman? M- MJF. Yeah, MJF. That's right. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I forget about him? Adam, yeah. Adam Cole's real hot right now. Samoa Joe's real hot. He's still a draw. They, they did it for months without him, and they can continue to do it without him. Well, they He's sold, not their biggest star. They sold 75,000 tickets before he was even back on the show, right? Exactly. Well, that's not true, but they, <laughs> he, wasn't an, he wasn't announced for the show, I mean. There you go. It, it just blows my mind how he just got so much leverage. You know, there's one instance on uh, on Collision where Chris Christopher Daniels, you know, he's a part of the office. He's he's one of the guys that deals with talent relations, and he shows up on Collision and he was asked to leave. He's the, he's a member of management. How is he getting treated like he's just a scrub walk on? Over a guy that's just a wrestler. I mean, these office guys should have, you know, they should be able to do anything they want to. If they want to go on the show Saturday, then go Saturday. There is a saying that they, I we've heard it a hundred times on Busted Open, Adam. I know you listen. The inmates running the asylum. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, because a regular employee is now doing this to talent relations and EVPs. I mean, something's got to give sometime. And you know what's funny is actually Tony Khan making kind of a joke about that inmates running the asylum when he did that backstage skit with MJF and Adam Cole where he pretended to be really angry with him and came out and said, oh, that was great, guys. That was kind of a play on that, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I just think uh, owner needs to be owner, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. You know how I feel about him. I do like him on heels, though. Check out your local stars. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. It's... And it's weird seeing him without any tattoos on there. It is weird. And AJ was on uh, the, the week before. I was at the week. Yeah, before. she did good too. And she, did, I, I would like to see her back in the ring. She, she's awesome. Yeah, definitely. But no, that's it. I just figured that's uh, just been on my mind for a couple of weeks now. And then this whole thing with Jack Perry, he, he said something about, "Well, I'm using real glass, so cry about that." So it's just, I, don't know, I guess it was a stab at him, and I, I don't know. But I just feel like he's getting by way too much. I agree. Um, that's it. Back to you, James. There it is. All right. Well, uh, I liked it. So uh, let's uh, just keep on counting forward with this one because uh, we got Refin with Nitro Pepsi. So, Brad, take it away. I don't know if you guys have seen lately, but uh, there's been a lot of matches and uh, referees have been in them and they've been refing through the entire thing. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. So first off, I want to talk about Aubrey Edwards a little bit. I think she is taking a tremendous amount of heat. Uh, I, I don't understand why everyone seems to think that she is bringing attention to herself when she is 
probably following a script. Like, I don't think Aubrey Edwards is going into business for herself. Yes, Adam? I actually ran in when I went to Spartan. Uh, have y'all heard of the Belladonna division? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry, I haven't. Okay, well, there's uh, <laughs> a woman that I ran into. She helped me a lot my first night in Spartan. And she actually did some reference stuff with Aubrey. And she said, away from AEW, she's not animated like that at all. They're actually asking her to be more animated. So right. I think it is them telling her to be more because she vouched for her. She said, I've been on the road with Aubrey Edwards for months and months. And when we do these other shows, she's not like that. It's only on AEW because that's what they ask her to do. So I I agree with you 100%. Yeah, and I know she did an interview recently where they, they said, are you in res or in she said, no, I'm not in that trash organization, WWE. I'm paraphrasing, of course. She's playing a part. She's playing a part. And yes, I understand in the past, referees were not supposed to be used in storyline. They were supposed to be um, not, 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 you don't go take, buy tickets for the referees. But why is that a rule? Why is that a rule at all? At one time, I'm sure the commentators were not supposed to be using storyline. But guess JR, he's had a few uh, instances where he was involved in storyline. So whatever it is, I think she's just following a script or being told what to do. And I think everybody needs to lay off her a little bit. Because, I mean, and you know what? She's, she's getting attention. She's getting people to notice her. There's little girls in the front row wearing referee uh, shirts. That's that's cute. So I, I just think uh, a lot, uh, too much has been made out of what, what she does in the ring. Um. Uh, also for refereeing, make sure you check out uh, Reffing It Up with Brian Hebner. Make sure you check out uh, Mailbag with Nick Patrick and Mike Yoda on ad-free shows. And also everything Adam Adam is doing, he's doing a lot with uh, right now with New South, and he's on YouTube, so check out everything he's doing. Second, it's time for a break! I forgot to bring it up. A nitro break! Well, I saved you, Brad, because here it is! <laughs> Oh, Nitro Pepsi. All right, so we have that. And finally, make sure you go to angrylemonade.net and buy our shirts. We got shirts and shirts. I got shirts on right now. We got shirts. Angrylemonade.net. And one day, maybe we'll have a ref shirt. Back to you, James. I like that. <laughs> that is angrylemonade.net for all your kickout crew attire. Shout out. Well, uh, seems like, uh, you know, the time is uh, of the essence. And uh, I guess it's time for today's agenda. So, Mike, what is today's agenda? Well, this week we decided to cover two matches of two wrestlers we lost two weeks ago. While you're listening to this, um, we lost Mr. Terry Funk at the age of 79 years old. And Bray Wyatt at the very young age of 36. So we're going to dedicate this week to those two. They are probably some of the greatest wrestlers of their time. And if not one, or if not two, or both of them, then at least one of them has to be on your top 10 of greatest wrestlers there is right now. So today we are going to cover... Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan at Royal Rumble 2020 and Mick Foley versus Terry Funk, May 4th, 1998 at Monday Night Raw. Well done, Mike. Well done. I like it. Well, uh, boys from the heavens, I guess you're up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I guess on that note, the first match we're going to be covering is The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. And it is also a strap match. This match took place, as Mike just said, at the Royal Rumble from January 26, 2020. The show took place at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, had an attendance of 42,715. And James's boy, Dave Meltzer, gave this match four stars. Wow. Mm, nice. Four stars. I didn't know that. It was a damn good match, though. So, James, how did we get there? Hey! Oh, glad you asked. I'm the... <laughs> Man, fucking pumped to do this. <laughs> On the November 8th SmackDown... The Fiend would attack Daniel Bryan. The following week, Wyatt would mock Bryan and the Yes Movement. Bryan would challenge Bray to a match at Survivor Series for the Universal title. But Bray said he would face The Fiend. Fiend would win the match at Survivor Series. On the next SmackDown, Bryan would again challenge The Fiend, only for The Fiend to attack him and start pulling out the hair of Bryan. Brian would not be seen again until TLC, where he would return sporting a new haircut and a shorter beard and attack Wyatt after his match with The Miz. Brian would then go on to win a triple threat match on the next SmackDown over The Miz and King Corbin to make him the number one contender. Then, on the SmackDown two weeks before the Rumble, Brian would attack The Fiend and try to get the upper hand for The Fiend to run away. Out of frustration, Brian asked for the title match to be a strap match, which was granted, leading us to the Royal Rumble. Fantastic. Mm. Well done, James. Shout out. <laughs> That's your cue, Adam. Hi, right, so um <laughs> well, I was waiting on I was waiting on the introduction, you know, the big hey. So um if if everybody hasn't noticed by now, we swap roles for the day. Just no, to be fair. down, everybody. <laughs> Almost everybody, but um, you know, as James mentioned, um, you see Daniel Bryan. If you're watching, you see Daniel Bryan right here with almost no hair and a shorter beard. Devin, what happened to Daniel Bryan? Why do you have to? Why is his hair shorter? Like James said, he got his hair all ripped out by the fiend. And then he wasn't seen a little bit later, but he was bringing back his old yes movement. It's just, it's weird seeing him with that short hair and almost no beard, especially now, because, I mean, I, I don't even recognize him right here. But the yes movement was uh, in full effect right here. So, um, after you see Daniel Bryan come down, then we see the Fiend come to the ring with, an, I mean, an incredible entrance. And that belt, shout out to a friend of the show on another podcast. I'm not going to say his name because we say it all the time. James Sorensen. <laughs> yeah, but he actually bought my son this belt. And, I mean, it's got belt buckles on the end of it and stuff. So it doesn't have your conventional buttons and stuff. So it's, it's, and it's pretty pretty good little weight to it. And it's, it's the real deal. And so you can see that exclusively on the video version on Premier Streaming Network. <laughs> so we see we see the thing coming down to the ring with an I mean, 
all that incredible entrance. But Brad, is the red lights, the lasers, music, lantern, the new belt, is this overkill? Or do you think this is just right for him? I think it's just right. And I understand why people would feel that way, but there's a lot that goes into this character because it goes further back than just this entrance. It goes to the Firefly Hunt Funhouse where he has this inner demon in him, the Fiend. And, you know, he's it, there are other matches where he's actually gone out as the Bray Wyatt, like Mr. Rogers type character where he doesn't have the same viciousness and it's more of like a, a, a children's show. And then you have this red light and this, this uh, you know, this character that doesn't talk and is indestructible. And I think the lasers, the lights, and the music, the, the variation of the music adds everything to this character. I know that could be visually, it can give you a little bit of a headache sometimes, but it wasn't, he wasn't out all the time. So I thought it was really good and, and really uh, well done. All right. So you, as we can see, he's got that new belt. Mike, do you like this new belt? Oh, I love it. I love everything about the theme. Like his mask, his entrance, his belt, like anything he did. And which comes back to Bray White, you know, being creative for all that stuff. I think it's just mind blowing of what he can come up with and that WWE let, let him do. I mean, that's another big thing. WWE let him do it. And it kicked off and just stormed away. And I'm a big fan of the, uh, the contacts. So it's like a yellow outline mm -hmm. with red. And I mean, I think that just kind of accentuates everything about the mask. Because he got the mask from the same guy that does a lot of the uh, horror movies. Right. Uh, his name escapes me now, but... But anyway, you know, we see after he makes it to the ring, we see both guys standing there. So the ref can put the straps on each guy's. You know, Michael Cole actually mentions the first... This is the first strap match in almost 10 years. Speaking of Michael Cole, hey, James, who's the commentators? Uh, don't know, because we switched everything up. So, uh... Okay. Well, Brad, oh, Corey Whoa. Graves and Michael Cole. Glad you asked. <laughs> well, Brad, there we go. Corey Graves and Michael Cole. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know. I, know, I'll just make sure <laughs> I don't want to throw a curveball at James. I There's felt a lot bad. of curveballs today. A lot of curveballs. <laughs> All right, so the match actually starts out, as Corey Graves mentions, while they're having a strap match, but not really sure if it's really a smart idea on Daniel Bryan's part. But, I mean, you see the Fiend just using the strap immediately, pulling Bryan towards him, and Bryan starts throwing fists and kicks as hard as he can. But as soon as he gets – as soon as he starts his yes kicks, what happens? He gets, he gets, that, uh, he gets that strap latched onto him, and I think he hits him a good seven, eight times before before I think he even gets to do any kind of offense. So, I mean, he even throws in a powerbomb, um, blocks all of Brian's kicks at the beginning. So, But as far as the kicks, do you, do you think it's kind of early to get these kicks in, Brad? I, I felt like Brian was desperate to get something going that you can't get any offense on The Fiend. Like, he no-sells everything. And I know I'm using a kayfabe kind of word there. But he, I think Brian felt he had to go to his arsenal early. Uh, so we, we see we see The Fiend right here using a strap. And we all know how you feel about the kendo stick. <laughs> Do you think the strap hurts worse than the kendo stick? 
Well, I definitely think the strap works wor- hurts worse than a kendo stick because the kendo stick, it doesn't hurt at all. And I will be proving that in 2024. Shout out. <laughs> going to bring that, that kendo stick. Make sure you avoid your ass out with it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we see Bray Wyatt with a straight headbutt. I mean, just straight to Daniel Bryan. And um, he throws Bryan into the ropes, catches Bray with a kick. That pretty much just stands the fiend straight up. And we see the fiend actually charge towards Daniel Bryan, only to be thrown outside. And Bryan gets a swift kick to the head, to, to the fiend. And then he actually tries to dive outside, only to have the fiend throw Daniel Bryan into the barricade. I mean, he pretty much just bounces off of him. This is a 200-pound man, and the fiend just throws him off like he's like he's some kind of mosquito. So, um, yeah, we get Bray, get, he throws Bryan back into the ring. And starts wearing his ass out again with that strap. Woo! Wearing his ass out. I mean, he. I mean, it's bad too. You see these whips, these whips. I mean, his chest, his arm, his back. There we go. Perfect timing. So, Devin, we see the marks on Daniel Bryan's back. Do you feel bad for him yet? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you can tell Brian's in pain here. He's uh, he's definitely been going through torture facing the fiend. The fiend's uh. Fiend's faced him a couple times at this point, but this probably is the worst pain that he's been going through already. You know, one thing about Daniel Bryan, though, he always gets red. He gets welted up in red in any match. Like, his chest is bleeding from a couple of chops or his back's hurting from the ropes. Like, he's always getting bruised up real easy. And see, that that's my next thing right here. He always plays the sympathetic baby face. I mean, you know, he always plays that underdog. He plays it very well. So, um, no, he plays the sympathetic baby face. But he's getting the hell beat out of him, literally. I mean, he, you can see the whip right down his back. He gets arm shots, chest shots, I mean, everything. And um, after a few more whips of the strap, the Fiend's just sitting there laughing at him. Um, And it, it's weird hearing the Fiend laugh under that mask. But, um... One thing I did notice, though, hey, James, do you do you think the crowd's into this match yet? I think uh, with some of the uh, slaps and hits, maybe. Because, I mean, if you think about it, they're whipping each other like a government mule, as uh, someone would say. But I, I think it's uh, it has its ebbs and flows. I don't think they're consistently higher, consistently low. As they, uh, you know, ebb and flow. Pretty good. All right, so... Right after, right after this right here, we got the Fiend with the Uranagi and the neck wrench. So um, we all, I don't know if anybody knows how much that neck wrench hurts. It ain't fun. I promise you that. <laughs> <I'm> a <three laughs> performer. So, yeah, <laughs> so the Fiend tries to play to the crowd, but they, he's not getting very many reactions. So, Mike, what's going on with the crowd, man? Why ain't anybody really reacting like you think they would be in Daniel Bryan match? Um, I think it's because, like Brad was saying earlier, how the Fiend knows sells a lot of stuff. You know, so it's not like Dan and Brian can get a big offense in if he's not, you know, selling anything. Does that take you like, away like, He's going to keep on doing it, he's going to keep on doing it, and he's just going to no-sell everything. So, I mean, does that take the attention away, from, like, as far as you personally? Does that? I think so. I mean, if you know, if, especially if you know he's going to do it. I mean, um... We see a little difference later on, coming up later on in the match. But, I mean, if you know he's going to do it and that's what he does, it kind of takes, like, what's the point of having him 
keep getting drop kicked or keep getting chopped or keep getting hit with the head with the chair or you know whatever just if he's no selling and everything it it's not gonna hurt him so it's right after this our Brian Daniel Brian actually starts fighting back a little bit with a couple of kicks and gets a little bit of build up but the thing cuts him right off. I mean and he actually sets it up for the sister Abigail and then a reversal. Huge kick by Daniel Bryan. And then the psycho knee. He throws he throws in that psycho knee real quick. The crowd finally wakes up. Brian down for the pin and only get a two count. Brad, how do you feel about how how do you feel about seeing him kicked out of that so fast? Well, it was a little early in the match for the kick. Um I know that is his finisher. Uh, I think the first time we ever saw it was against John Cena. But you also knew that this wasn't going to finish the Fiend. I'm actually surprised that he did not kick out at one because that is a very, uh, that is something the Fiend does often. But so I think the fact that he took two to kick out says something that they give the finisher some respect. So I'm okay with it. But we see on some of these bigger matches that you see a finisher, you know, like we've seen the Stone Cold Stunner or the Rock Bottom, you know, WrestleMania. Uh, 15, 17 between Rock and Austin, they kick out of some of their signature moves. I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I guess in these big situations, everybody's letting it all, letting it all out. They're get, they're they're putting everything into the match. So I guess in a regular Raw, maybe maybe the the urgency to win isn't there as much as it is to win in a Royal Rumble or a, a WrestleMania, and they just dig a little deeper and kick out of what is supposed to be the finisher. And I guess I yes, I am okay with it. I don't like four or five though. Like it's a universal title match, so you feel like they're giving that little extra. Exactly. I feel you, brother. I feel you. <laughs> right, so then we see Brian with a couple of uh, with a low bridge, and the fiend actually falls out to the outside. So Brian goes to the top rope, top turnbuckle, leaps off, and kind of lands on the fiend. I think he knocks out a cameraman as well. So uh, we see these high-risk moves actually connect. But then the Fiend kind of just throws Brian out off of him again. I mean, what's it going to take to take this man down? So the Fiend, uh, the Fiend actually shoulders Daniel Bryan into the steel steps. The Fiend tries to throw Brian into the ring post. But Brian actually ducks under the bottom, the bottom uh, turnbuckle to the other side. And Brian actually uses the strap to pull the Fiend into the ring post. Four different times, but he's still on his feet. Devin, what's it going to take to take this man off his feet, man? Dude, I honestly have no idea. We've uh, we've seen the fiend go through some crazy things and still not like honestly get pinned. We saw him get smashed in the head by a ha- a big hammer by Seth Rollins, and he still didn't lose that match. Big hammer, huh? I don't know what it was, but it looked like a hammer thing. <laughs> I don't know. Him, he's not used to seeing big hammers. Yeah, uh, I can only think of one man who could defeat the fiend, but he'll wow. be approached about a month and a half later for the fiend. There we go. De- Devin selling the no hammer, uh, no selling the no the hammer like the fiend does. No selling the moves, you know. <laughs> walk him, walk him, baby. <laughs> oh, and that's that's a teaser. <laughs> so, bro, so <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so Brian actually with another psycho knee, and the fiend shakes it off. Follows it up with a clothesline. They actually start fighting on the drum and announce table. And Brian hits him with five low blows. Hey, Mike, when was the last time you've taken that many shots below the belt? <laughs> it, it's been a few weeks. But... 
No, I mean, I I don't even know how the Fiend could handle something like that. I mean, that's just something. He finally got off his feet for a minute, though. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> I feel like that's another teaser, too. <laughs> so, that, so Daniel Bryan actually plants the Fiend with a stiff DDT on the table and actually stuns the Fiend. And yeah, that surprised me, too. Then we finally see Daniel Bryan with a little bit of retribution and unleashes on the Fiend. With over a dozen whips with the strap. Brian throws the fiend back into the ring and follows up with a missile drop kick. Beautiful, beautiful missile drop kick. So look at DDT right there. If you if you're watching at home, that's about as good as the DDT gets right there. And that's a still fast commentary table, too. So this is another question right here. Why do they not use the German announce table more often? Because it's stronger than the Spanish announce table. So I mean, what do we got going on here? <laughs> but you, you don't have the fiend getting go, going through a table all the time, so he's the only one that can handle the German one. <laughs> it's a good point. Why are German tables so much sturdier? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so he throws the fiend back in the ring, follows up with a missile drop kick, and then a kip up by Daniel Bryan, and the crowd is actually making some noise. Bryan with some more yes kicks mixed in with some shots with the leather strap. James. Which one do you think hurts worse? And which one would you pay to have more fun with? Would well, you rather have the straps or the kicks? I've had a little altercations with some other straps in my days, but uh, I I don't know, man, because that's a pretty dumb, difficult question because you know the kicks hurt, but man, ain't nothing like it whipped. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> uh, man, if I had to choose, I would probably go with the, the strap because ain't nothing like that. I feel like there's a story behind all that. We won't go in there. <laughs> all right, so then we have the stomp to the face of the fiend. Brian sets up for another flying knee, and Brian catches him out of air for Sister Abigail. Yeah, we go stomps to the face, which he actually still does now. That feels like a uh, like a heel move, really, though. But hey, you got to do what you got to do to knock that fiend out, brother. So uh, we got the sister Abigail, and it actually looked real good too. I mean, it was just it flowed. I mean, it looked like they practiced it once or twice, probably. So, um, Brad, did you think it was over right here? Uh, I I didn't. I didn't think it was over because uh, Daniel Bryan finally did have some momentum going, even though he got caught in the sister Abigail. But I, I want to make a, a point about that. I think that this style that the Fiend is uh, wrestling is very similar to what. The, the match he, that Daniel oh my microphone fell <laughs> that Daniel Bryan had with with uh, Brock Lesnar and what I mean by that is this Brock Lesnar's dominant and there's some point in the match where you're thinking why are they even doing this then all of a sudden the underdog gets some momentum and then you become a believer and then there's a moment like this where you really become a believer because he just kicked out of the finisher that finishes everybody when he was dominating the whole match. And now there's a chance. So no, I did not think it was over. Uh, then we have some back and forth between Daniel Bryan and the fiend until the fiend goes for the mandible claw on the ropes. But Daniel Bryan actually turns it into a nice triangle choke, but you only get a four count to, to break out hold because after five, 
you're DQ'd, and I should know, because I am a referee. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing pulls Brian up and puts him back down to the mat, still holding on to the mandible claw. But Brian turns it into the LaBelle lock. So what are the chances of the Fiend actually tapping out right here? Anybody think he might tap out? Zero. Yeah, there's zero. I mean, he gave a good suspense, but it kind of, like, there it's ain't cool no way. How do you have yeah, an indestructible cool character tap out? I mean, losing's one thing. Tapping out's another. He's indestructible. Can't do it. And plus, plus the mask gave him a little bit of uh, protection. So there wasn't a full force. He had that little cushion on there. So it wasn't 100%. It might have been like 97%. I like that, Mike, because it gives it a reason. Because if you do, if he taps out, that character's over. I mean, yeah. not over. I mean, like, gone. <laughs> let's let's not use the right wrong terms right here, here, right? <laughs> but the strap into the mask of the, the mouth, is a, I think it was a little, little add-on. I actually like that. Mm -hmm. All right, so he turns into the bell lock. The Fiend breaks his submission hold and whips Brian even more. He sets Brian up for another sister Abigail, and Brian turns it into a roll-up and then follows it up with another running knee. Devin, do you feel like Daniel Brown actually has a chance right here? Oh, yeah, and the crowd's actually starting to get behind him a little bit, too. Uh, they're getting a little yes chain going on once he starts getting the streak going. We yes, finally got the chance. He starts hawking up, baby, hawking up. And then he turns around, and the fiend's already on his feet. <laughs> so, Mike, what do you think is going through Daniel Bryan's head right now? He's like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said it no better. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're in that ring, and you kind of stand up, and you hear the crowd going the way they're going, you know something's going on behind you. And you just have to know he just stood up, and you're about to be screwed. <laughs> And it was a good camera angle, too, because you see Brian just, you feel like he's got something going, and then the camera cuts, and there he is already on his feet. All right, so Brian hits the Fiend with three shots with another strap, but no reaction. The Fiend with a mandible claw slams him down to the mat. One, two, three. We got a winner right here, and still Universal Champion. I got the belt. I can show it right here. I took it from him when he wasn't looking. So you could take this as a lackluster finish, but I, I do think because the, the reason that it happens this way is because Brian gave him everything, gave him his finisher more than once, and then you, like you just said, you you said he's back on his feet. Just like that. It takes the wind out of you to the point where almost he submitted, you know, to that he knew he couldn't beat him. And yeah. so when the mandible claw happened, it was just uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this happen. I lose. I think that's good psychology. All right, so right after the one, two, three, lights go out and the fiend disappears. Then you see the camera actually show Daniel Bryan's back, and he's struggling pretty hard to stand in the ring. So James, do you think this is all a work? Do you think he's really hurting right here? Both. <laughs> <laughs> he is in pain, but it was part of the, uh, you know, like you sell, sell that he got beat or whatever, but he was probably in a lot of pain for sure. And there's no he broken arm, though. <laughs> he said no broken arm, bro. No broken arm, though. Like, the guy knows how to take some pain is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I actually got a couple of questions on here. Let's see if I can pull them back up. 
Thank you, Mr. Producer, for the pictures and whatnot. All right, so see what I got. And that's not a question. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Almost read the head in my van. <laughs> I right, said, so do you think uh, do you think Bray and Daniel Bryan got to decide what match they wanted? And uh, I mean, you think they had a choice what they wanted, or do you think there was like, hey guys, y'all are doing a strap match? So. Who asked that question? Well, the questions get harder. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I, I would say WWE wanted that match. I don't see you know either one of them saying it. And in my opinion, that's one of my least favorite, I guess, gimmick matches there is. I just think it. I don't know. I've never been a big fan of the strap match for it. I think it was a little of both. Um, uh, we hadn't seen a strap match in the WWE in a very long time, but meanwhile we had seen the the late Brody Lee face Cody Rhodes in AEW in a strap match. So I feel like that kind of had an influence on this match. And also, if you compare it to some of the matches of old, we had like CM Punk versus Umaga in a strap match back in the day, kind of that babyface character versus the monster heel. So that's a good. I feel like. It, Little of both. I, bet I didn't think I didn't think they decided on the match, but I think they went with it and they liked it. I thought it was well done, actually. Uh, I I didn't feel like it was held back because of the straps. I, I didn't. I thought the match flowed well. Even like sometimes you think you're strapped, you feel like there's only so much you can do. I thought it went well. I like this better than the dog collar match. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Freaking Jeff yeah. golfing for two days. What an asshole, huh? <laughs> You prefer leather or dog collar, James? Oh, uh. <laughs> See, I don't know, because uh, sometimes some leather ones are the, like the four corners, and I'm not really, uh, you know, not real keen on those. But if it's just straight up like strap match like this, it's a lot better because uh, sometimes, you know, the chain will, uh, you know, betray you and kind of <laughs> limit you to some things. That is true. I mean, you mentioned like, you know, most time a strap match, you do have to hit the four corners, you know, and especially back in the day, this one that like, you didn't. And maybe that's why I don't like the strap match as much. Like having to hit the four corners because, you know, 90% of the time you get that third one, you go to fourth one, they're going to pull you back. But I yeah, mean, it's like just had a, it's not like a built in weapon kind of. That was it, you know? Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Also, how do y'all feel about the Fiend being a world champion? You think it was a good one? He didn't need it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think he needed to be world champion. I thought it got I mean, weird when he became champion, actually. Right. I think he got it too fast. Yeah. This is someone you could just, like an Undertaker, and I know Undertaker was champion. You just, you don't need it, like you said. You don't. Because uh, the character makes later, you got to lose it. And yeah, and then yeah, you know, who they got to beat him? Right, Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, yep. That was the worst thing that could have happened. And I'm like, I'm not as anti-Goldberg as you are, but that was like, why does Goldberg stupid. have to wrestle for the championship anyway? <laughs> if anybody exactly. doesn't have to wrestle for the championship, it's a guy that's here twice a year. Why does yes. Goldberg have Goldberg, to wrestle? <laughs> like a character like the Fiend and Spear Jackhammer done. Like the spirit of what? Spear. Oh, Jackhammer. Spear. Yeah, Spear, Jackhammer, Dunn, 
The spirit spirit. of Jackhammer Dunn. The spirit of Jackhammer Dunn. (laughs) The story of Mike's life. Our wonderful producer let us know that was Tom Savini that did his mask. So I want to put that out there. Thank you, Brent. Shout out. I did know that, actually. (laughs) Believe it or not, I forgot, though. During, during the during the match, you hear you hear Michael Cole, you know, doing all commentary. But at one point, he says, "I get the hell away from me." When when the thing got close to him, you think that was a real reaction? Or was he really scared? Or do you think that was a work? I think he knows. Danny, I think he knows Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. It sounded no. Real, the answer's no. Who asked that question? Like, yeah. Adam from Alabama, <laughs> right? <laughs> Did Hunter come in and ask that question? <laughs> he's in, he's with his mom at night. <laughs> like, it sounds like something my kids would have asked when they were seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, uh, if you had, if somebody said, "Hey, I want your description of the fiends," how would you describe him? A badass bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a badass motherfucker, huh? Well, I was trying to keep it. Yeah, bitch is a great word. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> oh, I love you, Mikey. If you could replace a saint with any horror, come uh, any What's horror? Horror character. Oh, jeez. Oh, if you could replace the thing with any. Movie horror character, who would it be? It's got to be Leatherface, right? No, Freddy Cougar. (laughs) I say uh, Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre match. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. (laughs) Killer Clowns from Outer Space. (laughs) The Garbage Pail Kids. So no Michael Myers or? No. No. He He walked too, so. Chucky. Michael Myers. Like Chucky's dad. Mike Myers could oh, be that. Chucky. That guy. Or Jason, maybe. Yeah, with him and his so anybody with a mask. <laughs> I sick, right? McDonald. It. <laughs> Ray Mysterio. What is it, anyway? The, the clown. I can't remember. Pennywise. That's oh, what Pennywise, I mean. yeah. Yeah. That was scary. <laughs> really, like, real scary. Not like, you know, character scary. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, we got a late one in here from Mike Bober. What, what is going on? <laughs> Five o'clock cutoff. And it says, it says, do you think WWE dropped the ball with Bray Wyatt once he hit the Cena ceiling at WrestleMania 30? So I, I just think that they moved that character so well at first with the fun, fun house that went on forever. And it was just every week, it was that. And they built it, built it. But then when The Fiend came out, and then when, it was over when he won the championship to me. Because you didn't need it. You didn't need it all the time. I agree. You have the title you're going to be on every week as yeah. the Fiend then. I, I, that's, that was my problem. When he became champion and then he lost. He shouldn't have lost for like two years as far as I'm concerned. I agree. He should be, I'm with you, bro. He should be champion right now as it, like, as the Fiend, as that Fiend character. Rum Reigns going to beat him like the way he did. I still think it's one of the coolest belts. I don't know. One of the coolest. I didn't say one of the best. Cool is a weird, cool is a strong word. 
I think it's 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 all right. Your old school. What if after Goldberg beat him, Goldberg was carrying that around though? Like he didn't go back to the old title. <laughs> I wonder though if it's better than a Goldberg bill. If Triple H was in charge at the time, if he would have let that even happen with Goldberg. But no, I'm gonna go with no. Not not happening at all. Probably. Biggest not. mistake was Goldberg beating him. I'm sorry. Biggest mistake made no sense. You're building the wrong guy. <laughs> if Goldberg needs to come back to hold the championship for Crown Jewel or WrestleMania, whatever you wanted. There's another championship. Do you need a championship at all? Just put him in no. a big no, no. Why does he is it it must be his idea, right? It's, it I is. Can't think of any I'll other come back for how many, how many contract, be a contract deal. How many veterans come back and just have a match? At most of them. Why does he have to have a championship match? Because he's Goldberg. No, Cole didn't. <laughs> you know, like Goldberg's best return match was that one off match he did with Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. All right. <laughs> There was no point in it being there, but it was like it was a really good match. Well, Ziggler's good with anybody. Nothing with Goldberg is a good match. <laughs> I got this Goldberg talk because uh <laughs> uh so it ended up being a good match and I I'm glad we picked that one. I would have uh another good one is the Fiend and um Finn Balor, they have some great matches. So if you don't want to watch this one, or if you already seen this one, go go watch a couple of their matches because they, they were amazing. I know we're wrapping this up, and I I want to because you know we have to move on. But I just want to okay. say I feel like that Demon Balor is very similar to this character, as in like that unbeatable type character, and they've screwed that up too, as far as I'm concerned. Amen. So, <laughs> uh, with uh, it's got to be occasional, and he should normally win. Speaking of Finn Balor, we've seen like every combination of that. Bray versus Finn Balor, Finn Balor versus the Demon, or versus the Fiend, I mean. Bray versus the Demon, but one match we never got was the Fiend versus the Demon. Never got it. I'm kind of glad we didn't. Because I missed one of them. Shout out. Well, one of them would have had to lose, and I don't want to see that. Right. Uh, but they that's just call things, it like but... that, uh, that Hell in the Cell match. They could just have it be a draw, you know, which you, <laughs> yeah, we right. covered in the archives. <laughs> yes, we did. Check that out on YouTube. Not our first Fiend match. True. <laughs> uh, that's it, James. Back to you, brother. All right. Well, uh, you know, what better way to sit down and watch wrestling with some food? So uh, I guess uh, let's see what's up on Mike's Meat Minute this week. So, Devin, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... This week, for my Mike's Meat Minute, we are going to have honey sriracha salmon. You got to start out by getting yourself a couple salmons. Make sure they're all cleaned up and ready to cook, you know, as fillets. Then you got to add some salt and pepper to taste. Maybe a teaspoon of, like, uh, you know, lemon or something. Make it a little bit better. Uh, Like, a little more seasoning with it. Then... In the pan, you're going to add one teaspoon of avocado or vegetable oil, whatever you got. On the side, you're going to start to make a mix. You're going to add one minced up garlic clove, one tablespoon of sriracha, one tablespoon of lime juice, three tablespoons of honey. I prefer real honey, but if you like the artificial, whatever you want. (laughs) Half a tablespoon of butter half a tablespoon of olive oil, 
and one and a half tablespoons of low soy sodium soy sauce. Huh. Then mix Thank all you. that stuff up over on the side. Then, while you're frying up your salmon in the skillet, you're going to pour that stuff, just a little bit of it on top. Then after you're done, you're going to have a bunch of extra dipping sauce to have it to have in it. And it's still pretty good. I like, I'd like to make a rice or something on the side, like in the picture above. <laughs> Is that your picture? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I took that the other day. Me and Erica made it. <laughs> Did she bitch you out for that one pee being off the plate? <laughs> Did you well, after you yeah. got back from golfing? Nope, nope. This was before that. This was oh, yeah. previous. Golfing was fun, though. Thanks for bringing that up, Brad. Yeah. I... But that's my uh, Mike's Meat Minute. Back to you, James. Fantastic. Yeah, good job. Good job. I like it, man. I, lo I like to eat some fish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Especially salmon. No holding back. Right? Fried haddock. You, gotta, you know, sometimes you just got to... Grip on in and just bury your face in it and just, you know, love to eat me some salmon. With a little citrus glaze, too. That's not bad, either. But, uh... <sighs> All right, it looks like, uh... The only person's segment that didn't really change is uh, this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of glad it did, because it brings me to my topic of the spirit of taking everything changing... While taking a nap. Boy, howdy, got a lot to say about this one. So, uh, as you guys have seen, we've kind of switched it up and had a little fun today, huh? Like, it's just so awesome. Just let's all do each other's shit. Isn't that just a joy? Wouldn't it be cool if y'all did that and left me the fuck out of it? But hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what fun would that be? You know, because I got to be a team player because... More often than not, you know, it's your show, James. So, you know, woohoo! Glad that we uh, shook it up. I'm glad I took a nap one day and uh, had some uh, <laughs> some problems with a posting of a certain video. <laughs> had uh, 39 text messages about, hey, you know what we've done for 70 fucking episodes in a row, James? Eh, let's have fun and let's just switch it up. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to refuck whatever I've been doing, which really wasn't the truth. But uh I had a lot of things prepared and then I had to just wrap them all and go with uh, you know, this switch them up bullshit. So uh I'm glad we did us a little uh, crossover thing and I'm glad we changed it up. But hey, it refers back to last week. Sometimes that's just the spirit of a James. So, uh, I guess that's all I have to say. Just real quick, James. I yeah, fucking so when, thank God. When this whole thing is going on, this whole texting, I knew you were sleeping, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were sleeping, and I knew you were going to hate it. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> and then you kind of were like, made a couple comments, and I'm like, all right. But then five hours, six hours later, the freaking, it opens up. <laughs> and it was hilarious. James got I, a little drunk watching some wrestling. Yeah, and <laughs> he I decided to have some fun with the group chat. Yeah, Brad was drunk too, and Brad <laughs> was four shades of red. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever type back. But anyway, it's all good now. We're here having fun, and uh, yeah. and that's uh, that is uh, 
whatever. <laughs> well, here's the thing, you know, gotta be more positive about the show because hey, I lead it off every week, and uh, I got reminded by that of that by a couple people like you lead it off every week, you can't even talk talk about it. So hey, I'm gonna switch it up myself and be a little more positive. It was funny how all this happened though because. Brad just mentioned one comment. Oh man, I'm so tired and I still got to go over these matches. And I said, Well, do you want me to do it? And I mean, just trying to help out. And that's how everything got started. Yep. So then me like, and Mike just went off with the idea. Snowball on top of the hill. You have a snowball. So you can on top blame me for starting this. Yeah, all it said was, Oh man, I'm tired. And I still got to watch these matches and take notes. And that's it. <laughs> and now we're in this. Next thing I know, I've got two segments. That's the peek behind the curtain, everyone. Yeah, woo! <laughs> yeah, and you're doing the huh? match build. Exciting. Okay. Yeah, when I, when, I found out that, when I found out mine switched to match build, that's when I was like, all right. That'll put butts in seats. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Tried to read that as uh, hyped up as I could. Shout out to Bryant for the, uh, the notes. But yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes when you go to sleep, James, the world moves on past you and you just have to play catch up. And then now just end it at that. Oh, man, what a fun time. <laughs> but hey, we're going to keep the fun going because uh, what are the kids watching with, uh, you know, Devin's demographic? So, Mike, take it away. Well, today for Devin's demographic, we're going to do NWA 75. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and what happened on this one? Well, the first thing is our main man, Thrill Billy, became the national champion. Oh, yeah. Right? What else happened? Yeah. Ella Envy and Kaylee Alex Page. Right? Did I get that right? Kylie right? Alexa Page. Yeah. Pretty empowered. They became the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions after they defeated Melissa Kate and Maddie, whatever her name is. Winkowski. Winkowski. Whatever. The Polish name. Come on. Well, yeah, well, welcome to that. EC3 defeated Tyrese, become the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. The rapper? And then Tyrus would be one of the longest champions of the modern era. Well, he has another job. He's 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 like a news guy. So what'd he do? He said, I'm hanging in my boots, I'm gonna read you the news, and he retired. (laughs) He's no longer a professional (laughs) champion. And then to cast it off, our main girl, one of my favorite ones are Kenzie Page. Casting her lucky seven to take down Camille. Camille! TV title. Camille, whatever. I'm watching NWA. Camille Brickhouse. Demographic. <laughs> and she won the women's TV title. Switch my baby. Had an open challenge. So, Devin, what'd you think about this pay per view? I'm done. So. Kenzie Page cashed in her Lucky 7 TV championship to defeat Camille, the third longest reigning really? women's we... champion in NWA history. Oh. 
That's just that that goes all the way back to when Miss Burke first won that title, Mildred Burke. So that's a that's a long history. And Kenzie Page, she's starting her uh she's still in the climb in the beginning of her career. And I think Camille it's a great a defeat bad, for her. She's a badass, Camille. Yeah, yeah, and the Kenzie Page with her little sister Kylie and her best friend Ella Envy running the NWA women's division. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, how tall is the, the comparison here between Kenzie Page and Camille? Like, Camille's legit 5'3". Yeah, and Camille's what? Camille's 5'11", probably. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's big. It, it's impressive. So good for Kenzie Page. Congratulations. We've always been big fans here, of course. Camille put her over pretty heavy on Twitter, too. Like yeah, a good, awesome. like, post. Uh, as we record, I'll see Kenzie Page this weekend. Uh-oh. Tell mm. her we said hi. Yeah, give her right. our props. That Mike wants her on the show. Definitely. He brings it up every week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, that stops you. <laughs> Good Devin's demographic, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great, Mike. Freaking <laughs> Tyrese. <laughs> I'm glad he got away from Fast and Furious. Yeah, right? Hey, yeah, right. He was one of the worst ones. That damn baby boy. <laughs> that went over like that bounce off the ropes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back to you, James. Back to you, James. Well, producer man. Back to you, James. It's your turn. Is he around still? No, he quit. <laughs> well, so, so I guess it's time for match number two, which is Mick Foley, seen here dressed as Dude Love, though. Facing Terry Funk in a no-holds-barred falls-count-anywhere match. It took place on Monday Night Raw from May 4th, 1998. It took place in the Richmond Coliseum. The attendance was 8,776. And everybody's best friend, Dave Meltzer, gave this match four stars. James, how did we get here? Well, uh, let me find your text message. All right. Well, <laughs> how we got here was <clears throat> the week prior, Dude Love defeated Stone Cold by DQ at Unforgiven. The next night, Dude did not receive a rematch. Instead, Gold Dust did. After Dude interfered in the main event, Mr. McMahon was furious. The following week on the Dude Shack, it was announced that Dude would face Terry Funk in a no-holds-barred match. Mr. McMahon was wanting to bring the killer instinct back out of Foley, so Vince scheduled this match telling Mick, you must destroy your best friend in order to be ready for a title shot. And uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, awesome. That's pretty good. So right <laughs> back at you, James. Oh, I'm going to do this one. I don't know if we didn't switch this one up. Uh Stone Cold uh, comes out to pretty big cheers here, James. Uh, so having said that, who are the announcers? I am actually definitely glad you asked on this one because of uh, my boy. We have Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. Uh, ran the Attitude Era, man. I love it. I, I liked how Jerry Lawler's his whole demeanor changed when before Stone Cold got there. Well, I'm going to ask him all the hard questions. And then as soon as he sits down, I'm glad you're here, Stone Cold. I'm real glad you're here. Well, Devin, what the hell? the beer thing to taste to the announce desk. Awesome. This has to be one of the only matches I've watched the whole damn episode of. 
Fantastic. We're glad to hear you're so prepared. <laughs> I'm very well not. Only because <laughs> there's beer involved. <laughs> Devin, why is Stone Cold on the announce team? Well, I think Stone Cold is he's just down here to kind of get a closer look at who could be his number one contender at Over the Limit. Gotcha. So Stone Cold got a like this little tub of beer, like this weird <laughs> container of all of the beers in there. I'm like, would they just pull this from the back and say, just use this to hold them, kid? I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. So Terry Funk entrance, 53 years old. Adam, him and Mick were a big part of Under the Mat. Did you see that documentary? I didn't, but um, what? It, I don't. I don't think I did. I don't remember. I've watched a bunch of shit. Huh? Anybody see that documentary? Oh yeah, I seen it. All right. What you guys? Did you guys like it? What'd you think of it? I thought it was interesting. I mean, it definitely took you behind the scenes more before. We are behind the scenes more. Yeah. What did, what, you thought the same, James? Yeah, some would say it took you beyond the mat. So for those I mean, of you at home that don't know, Mick Foley and uh, and Terry Funk and Jake the Snake Roberts were a big part of that documentary. I, I recommend it. I, I really do. It was kind of like before any of that ever happened. It had a breakdown of ECW's first ever uh, pay-per-view event, and uh, T- Terry Funk was in that. They showed a Big presentation on that. Yeah. I like to be on the map. Yeah, he won the great title movie. at their first pay-per-view. He put ECW on the map. Mick Foley entrance to no music. What's the thinking behind that, Devin? I really didn't get that. Why is that? I got you. I got you. Oh, Thanks, well, I got you, too. On this one. Be- because earlier in the episode, he, he swore off dude love and everything like that. And he turned his back on the fans and everything, so... Now, like the picture showed earlier, supposed to be do love, but he give the gimmick, uh, the gimmick, the his his ring attire back to Vincent Man, telling him that he could wear it if he wanted to, and that's why he's coming out to Mick Foley because he's just he's just a man. Well, that's unusual in this time period because he becomes Mick Foley later, uh, because all those characters are Mick Foley. But in the 1998, 1999, 1997 time, he was always a character, so this was a little unusual. Yeah. He turned. Uh, he got upset with the fans, and he was upset with Vince because Vince had prom- made promises to him and everything. So he was just—he's just Mick Foley. Didn't need music. Didn't need nothing. He just wanted to be Mick Foley. Special referee announced Pat Patterson. Stone Cold is pissed. Why is that, Mike? Um, because Pat Patterson is a Scrooge that works <laughs> like <laughs> Scrooge. Anyone that's like that's what they call it. Stooge. Oh, whatever. Same Man, thing. I'll tell you, you can't write this better than what we. <laughs> right, so I Brad, you. Brad, you mentioned Pat Patterson as special guest referee. Yeah. So I looked it up between Pat Patterson, Terry Funk, and Mick Foley right here. All three combined ages is 144 in the ring. <laughs> Thank mm. God we know that. Did you know Terry <laughs> Funk was 53? They mentioned it. 187 times on commentary. <laughs> and uh, Pat Patterson was even older. And he's a referee. <laughs> Do you know any other referees, uh, Adam? I know one or two. <laughs> All right, so they're slugging it out early. Um, knock McFoley out of the ring. These guys cannot help James, but not hold back is what I'm getting at. Don't you agree? Oh, of course. Uh, 
Uh, shout out to Brian because that is a sweet picture, <laughs> and uh, you can see that exclusively on Premiere Streaming Network on the video episodes. But uh, oh yeah, I mean, and they kind of even in the montage or video package thing before it, they kind of talk about how like you know some people are friends and they just want to hang out or whatever, but these friends want to fight, and so it is kind of like, yeah, you're gonna take care of your friend, but you're also gonna lay some shit in too. And uh, those two guys definitely uh been through the the ringer as they definitely said. and i'm gonna i'm talking i'm gonna say something right now Devin. uh mick fully takes three solid shots to the head how cringe worthy worthy is this uh you can tell they uh weren't holding anything back with these chair shots here they were solid straight to the dome and the curve of that top part was on the usually they do it mm. where the the curve is on the inside where it just kind of you know goes over their head but he flipped it over yeah. bam how many lives does Mick Foley have, honest to God? Like, if anybody should have CTE and not I live think, through a couple matches, right? Unbelievable. He has more lives than a fucking cat. Unbelievable. I mean, it, this is, you think, we, we talk about one match. There's a hundred of these. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, unbelievable. But Mick shakes this off, though, and chairs to the head of Funk now. Both men throwing themselves at each other into the gates and chairs, swinging neckbreaker by, um, by Funk. Or no, I'm sorry, by Foley. Something's wrong with Stone Cold's microphone here. Are they in the Are they in the Georgia Dome? Are they in Georgia, Devin? I uh, I don't remember I, where the hell they inside were. Inside baseball for someone that's in Georgia that has microphone problems. <laughs> Damn it, I, if I gotta talk us through it, it's not. A good <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, no idea where they were, but Stone Cold definitely got pissed about it. But it, I felt, I felt it was uh, in in storyline because it kept happening. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely think it yeah, was. But, I mean, imagine if it wasn't in storyline and his like microphone kept fucking up. It was perfect. Like, that, that and then, and then, do you think he improvised and just threw King out of there? And was if like, give me your head. Tremendous job. And then if his was broke. The ear just like flop over. The so best four. thing the best thing happens later on after all this stuff is when Al Snow comes out, puts a headset on the head himself, and it's Al Snow and the head talking to each other. And it, it, it's just freaking hilarious. I love Al Snow. <laughs> Foley with the cover on the outside. I'm gonna go right back to you, Devin, because this is in your notes and my notes as well. Stone Cold punches the king. Is this nonsense overshadowing the match? Uh it I I think it is a little bit because like we're supposed to be watching the number one contender versus Terry Funk, like middle-aged and crazy, a legend in this business. So I think it does distract it a little bit, but in a minute or two, when Stone Cold settles down, I feel like it's all comfortable and we're back to good. I, I agree. So June, JR pleading, which is absolutely hilarious, pleading with, I'll tell you what, Bryant, we did not go over this, and this is a fantastic job. I mean, well done. <laughs> I, the, he is pleading, as you can see if you are on the Premier Streaming Network. Foley is now bleeding. Funk hits Patterson. James, I mean, obviously, this is not a thing of beauty, but it's still good, right? Oh, of course. I mean, this is kind of like you uh, you know, mentioned earlier. Just two people just battling it out. One of them's got to you know, beat one, obviously, to be the number one contender, but... It's kind of that rough and rugged. It, it's not pretty. It's not sloppy. It's a little more real, you know? So fully over, uh, back body drop by Funk, fully over into the gate. They're in the crowd now. 
the hot dog guy just got it and it and got it again. And Devin, I'm sorry I keep going to this question, but this made me laugh. Was he hit with a giant nitro Pepsi? <laughs> it was a giant something. But Brad, I, you just skimmed by that big back body drop on the outside. That's straight on cement. Ah. Well, there's a lot of spots with Mick Foley that are like this. So I'm sorry <laughs> if I missed this one. <laughs> well, there you go. There's oh, there's the picture. picture. It was Diet Pepsi, not Nitro. Well, Pepsi. there was no <laughs> Nitro Pepsi yet, but this is the yeah. It, if right? it was modern day, it probably would have been a big that, old Nitro. That Pepsi's just as bad. I promise. Yeah, just as bad. Uh, Funk and the Raptors crowd is going nuts, and then he does a freaking dive off the Raptors. This is insanity, Adam. How crazy and dangerous is this for not just Terry Funk, but for everyone there? Well, first he does a moonsault. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> and two, the fact that two vendors, Mick Foley and Pat Patterson's right there to catch him. Hell, do it. Middle-aging crazy. Why not? Uh, uh, do you think those vendors got a little bonus? No. <laughs> no, they probably had to pay them. <laughs> hey, you guys uh, have some developmental dudes, dudes, probably. Talk about a hot dog and a handshake. Oh, oh right there, think... that dude's getting a hot dog and a handshake right there. <laughs> yeah, Look yeah, at yeah. Patterson's face. I think it's, it's a metaphor. Right, Terry Funk's shin. I think the hot dog's a metaphor. The other guy definitely has a Terry Funk hot dog right there. <laughs> <laughs> so Funk is screaming, fully spilling all the damn popcorn. Pile driver to Funk through the table into the concrete. Mike, what what a waste of popcorn this is, right? And what's your favorite brand? Um, I like the extra cheese that you can pop on, and then you put some of that though um, nacho cheese on there. Wrong. <laughs> what, what jolly time? Yeah, what are we doing? Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> boom chick, boom chick a pop. You got to work at a grocery store. I can do this all day. But I'm the type that like the burnt popcorn. What are you talking about right but, now? Man, I work with somebody that likes burnt popcorn. Freaks me out. Smells like uh, shit. Well, that's the problem. It smells up the whole place. Yeah, yeah she's she's like that. It oh. does. It's it's a childhood history. I just <laughs> I, <laughs> it's a childhood trauma. Is what it is. Like, you gotta eat it. <laughs> All right, so we have a commercial break now, and they come back and they have the commercial break footage. But don't James, you find this weird that they're showing footage from the commercial break while the match is going on, not picture in picture. I was going to say, shout out to Picture in Picture because uh, I'm glad they do that now because it is crazy to go like, hey, we're going to go to commercial break, come back, show you, while ignoring still <laughs> more action that's happened during the break and while you're showing what happened during the break. Uh, insane, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, hey, 1990, whatever this is. You know, 98, yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, they're fighting all over the arena now, fighting their way back towards the ring. DDT on the outside. Stone Cold um, called it a pile driver, Adam. It's all right. Stone Cold was drunk by this point. Why don't you give him uh, a hard time? Why don't you call him and tell him he said the wrong move? Well, and he said, like, uh, the steel grate or whatever, and then he's like, oh, whatever you call it. Hell, we walk on it every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. laughs> Devin, is it weird to you that Austin and Ross are not friends here? Yeah, kind of. You know, like, uh, normally, like, in modern day, they're each other's best friend. But Stone Cold's giving him shit here. It's awesome. Uh, they're best friends Ross right here. Don't let them fool you. I know, but in, even in character, they were best friends later, Adam. And here, yeah. he's definitely scared of Stone Cold. And Stone Cold's giving Oh, him yeah, because he's like, are you behind this? I know. 
He said, what button you pushing? I ain't got no damn button to push. That's, <laughs> this is really fun. This is really What's fun. What's the over-under on Stone Cold saying Terry's 53 and Stone Cold saying son of a bitch? Yeah, he's, like he's every, still a bad son of a bitch. That's the bottom line. Hey, I'm son of a bitch here. That's son of a bitch, son of a bitch. Excuse my language. I don't mean to cuss that much. This son of a bitch right here. He's he said, oh, he said sorry about my language. I usually cuss more. Is what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still saying it. Uh, Foley in control in the ring. Clothesline by Foley. And he does, it's, this, it's a vintage Foley where they both fall out of the ring at the same time with the clothesline. Shout out to that rip in the uh, gooch, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, he had that early. Yeah, hey, as a, as a fat dude. That happens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thighs rub together. That shit type happens. You don't know how many boxes I've had to throw away because of that. So Fuck you skinny fuckers, you get to keep your boxes a little longer than those fat dudes who's got to buy more. Funk on the announce table, fully off the apron to Funk with a chair. Mike is fully a heel here or a baby face. Foley's Foley. Like I, there's. <laughs> Right now, he's trying to like be a heel, but I mean, it's hard to hate somebody that gives that much of his body to the business. Keep in mind, this is prior to the Hell in a Cell match. He's a heel. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but what he's doing here, I mean, it's hard to say, oh, I don't like that guy. I mean, look what he's doing to entertain you. Like, everything that he does to entertain you is what he's doing. It's a really good point because even though he may be a bad guy character, he does so many entertaining things. He's not cheating that, no. you know, it's and he risks his body. How do you not root for somebody like that? And he's only 33 right here, but he looks like so much older than that. So he's 20 years he's younger got... than Terry Funk. <laughs> it's just weird. He, he looks like the, they look at the same age right here. He is. He does not. Yeah. And I think uh, fully will admit that he he didn't look super young, but fully <laughs> and Austin talking shit. I love the stone cold beer here. He has it in like the the, the cup, and it's full. <laughs> it's very full. Uh, James is stone cold at his best in character like this, where you don't know if you're supposed to like him or not. I, well, you end up liking him, but uh, I do think him like uh, just going like no uh you know no safety net, just like get out there and do your shit. I think. That's I think that's what got him over to all of us in uh, number two. I do think that's where he's at his best, like fly, shooting from the hip. So I'm saying it anyway. I'm sorry for my language. It's usually a lot worse. Sure. So oh, funny. <laughs> Double arm DDT to Funk. Kick out of two. Pile driver to Funk. Adam, do you see yourself wrestling at 53 years old? I don't see myself wrestling at 43 years old. <laughs> Telling you, man. And they had many years to go after this. This wasn't it. You and, know? and these people are like put themselves like through hell and back. Yeah, it's not yes. This isn't this isn't Ric Flair's last match here. Now yeah. Ric Flair was 73. Don't don't get me wrong. But, I mean, this ain't the Miz that, you know, and I'm not giving him no bad credit. Oh, I mean, oh. Miz itself, these two, I mean, they barbed wire matches, frames. Yeah. I mean Agreed. just anything and they everything. invented the de- the death match. Exactly. They literally like and, reinvented it. Definitely. And they're going through it at that age. I mean. Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette was talking about uh, like five or six years before this when Funk was doing something for WCW that they were trying to move him to commentary saying he's too old. 
And this, like I said, this was years before that. So Jerry Funk was probably, he probably had more another 15, 20 years after I mean, that. So, just a couple years ago. I mean. So fully. Um, so another pile driver onto the chair from Foley to Funk. And he does get the pin here. One, two, three, to absolutely zero reaction. <laughs> I blew my mind. I don't know if it was a little bit out of nowhere. It was a little unexpected, but it did not get a reaction. Foley beating Funk's head afterwards against the chair. Devin, why is he doing this to this best fan? And is this quality wrestling, like Stone Cold said? I think it's uh, Mick Foley's finally snapped. He's got his title shot. He's just like, you know what? If I fully got to be behind this and I'm going to be Vince McMahon's number one contender, this is who he wants. Sorry. I Sorry, I got to take Terry Funk out with it, but I'm going to get me that world title. Stone Cold I, in the ring. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned the crowd wasn't reacting. Huh? I think they pretty much knew who was going to win this. Uh, yeah, it doesn't so make there was no reaction. It doesn't make sense for Funk to win. But uh, Stone Cold in the ring with the beer, hits Foley with it. Mick Foley with a mandible claw on Pat Patterson by accident. <laughs> Stunner to Patterson. But, Mike, they're not fighting each other. Like, it's not – Stone Cold does not end up fighting Mick Foley in this situation. No fists are thrown. What, what, was, the, what was the thought process there, do you think? Um, just because it's Pat Patterson, why not? Like, just give it to him. But the next match is into. Are they saving it? Are they saving the match? Are they saving the, like the brawl for the match? I mean, are they just not going to give it away? Well, yeah, I mean, well, Stone Cold's out there. He's going to stun anybody. It don't matter who you <laughs> That's are. That's true. He's going to stun you. How many times have we seen that? Friends have a beer, yeah. stun them. So, yeah, I mean, referee, female, Stacy Keebler, didn't matter. You, you he stunned the stun new them. day, like, <laughs> and they loved it. Know? And they loved it. <laughs> At least Pat Patterson didn't fall too fast like Vincent Man does. At least he stood on his feet and took a decent stunner. He did take a good stunner. Uh, well, he is the first ever Intercontinental Champion. I did not know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do they say? Yeah, good good uh, information there, Devin. So, dude loves music now, hits. And Vince McMahon <laughs> comes out with the dude ass. You guys think I wasn't going to talk about this? You're out of your mind. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. Right up Brad's alley. Uh, welcome to the Attitude Era is all I got to say about that. But I mean, I, but I wouldn't even go further back than this. Let's go back to before the match because I don't know if you guys saw it or not. We had, hello, ladies. We had. Yes. Get a Jameson. Before the match, as a, it was a vignette for Val Venus. I mean. <laughs> well, hey, here's here's one thing though. Vince's dancing work or a shoot? That was shoot. a shoot, brother. Hundred percent shoot. But uh, that is it, guys. I really enjoyed watching that match. Yeah. Uh, I do believe if I can find them, we Stone Cold some... was absolutely awesome on commentary too. I do believe I have some listener questions. Uh, for some reason, I wasn't as ready as I wanted to be. So, how would you book? Or this is from our good friend Ben Jones from the kick, uh, the kickout bros, <laughs> <laughs> the zip code bros. Sorry about that, Ben. How would you book Funk versus Wyatt in a dream match scenario? Man, I love Ooh. that. Ooh. Thank you, Ben, for that. 
is a now, good one. I don't know one. if we can answer it, but uh, hey, great job asking. I mean, a lot, yeah, of, dude, a lot of weapons. Yeah, definitely a lot of weapons. And what era? I mean, what era could you put Funk in? Because he was up there until his 50s doing it. I think using I would... the two we had today, I would just have a straight up death match. Funk does everything, but can't beat the fiend. The fiend eventually gets the mandible claw on him. Then he brings out the branding iron on the fiend. Yeah, I yeah. like him. I would like him versus Bray in like a swamp match kind of thing. Because Funk can adapt to anything. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know, but I'd I had fun see... on the farm. I'd rather see Chainsaw Charlie versus the fiend. Oh yeah. Um, so I did have a couple more questions about um, Bray. Uh, sorry about that, Adam, but they were um, in uh, different places. How, oh, would you, how would you? Uh, this is Matt M, friend of the show, Matt M. Shout out. How would, you, uh, how would the KOC, the kickout crew, have booked The Fiend in 2023? Mm. How would they what now? Book The Fiend this year. Oh, okay. They've been wrestling. A uh, reveal, reveal Uncle Howdy at some point. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. All right, <laughs> you know, what a shame. But I would say, like, you know, you keep on with that little like storyline, and then add the sister Abigail and the fucking crow thing, uh, whatever it was, and then uh, the pig thing. You know, like build the Wyatt family thing, keep the bloodline together, and have them versus the bloodline. Survivor Series. That would have been great. You think you could have, um, you know, like, like, like a similarity here to Dude Love and and uh, Cactus Jack and everything, like with the Fiend. He did similar things to that. Could you have done it all in the same year? Like, could he have been the Bray Wyatt, the Eater of Worlds? Or could he have been or uh, the Fiend? Could he have been the, the Mister Rogers character? Could he have been Husky Harris? You know, maybe like, later on, not this soon, but maybe later on. Yeah, there's just so much you could do with him. He was. But so would you would you book the three faces of Bray in the Royal Rumble? That would be great. It'd be so but, badass. Uh, it I must be all that makeup. Yeah, the one thing I didn't like they did with Bray was the team up with Matt Hardy. Just didn't work for me. But what? I, I liked didn't. It. I, I just didn't. You know what? I maybe I didn't like. I I like both guys, but maybe the reaction wasn't as what I what we needed. Well, I think it about. started kind of stupid. Like yeah. them, them getting together the way they did it was kind of stupid. But when yeah. once they were together, I, I dug it. Yeah, kind of like Sheamus and Cesaro. Like they, they fought at first and they got together. Isn't that what they did with the? Brave? We are the bar. It was all kind of just real stupid. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question here is from uh, Michael Gallagher. What's the who? Uh, from the Zip Code Bros, Michael Gallagher. Who? <sighs> Which what's your crew's favorite version of Bray Wyatt? Mine is the Funhouse. Mine is the leader of the Wyatt, the Wyatt family. Yep, I'm with Adam. Yeah. Mine has to be the Fiend. I would, I would definitely be interested to see where this new character was going, but I think the Fiend was one of my favorites. James. And the uh, leader of the Wyatt family was pretty good. As long as they don't, you know, uh, show a fucking projector with cockroaches and shit on the ring, I think I'm pretty uh, good with it. I'll tell you, though, I really look forward to that Funhouse stuff. I really did. Yeah. But uh, great question. We're really glad that you're our friend. (laughs) So. Great question. 
I'm about to have to jump off. Right. Is there any way I can hear the jokes? No. Because I want to hear. <laughs> no. I want to hear how good they are. You, I'm, I'm, I'm up. Yeah, yeah, you can hear them. I thought you said do them. I'm like, no. <laughs> well, I got to be introduced. Oh. Well, it's the hottest rising segment in podcast day. You know it. I know it. It's a waka 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 with. Wait a second, Brad. Oh, great. I let down. I was about a t- joke. <laughs> Had to. I, I was going to tell you a joke about boxing, but I forgot the punchline. That's pretty good. That, that's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Why did the egg hide? It was a little chicken. Ah! Oh. Uh. What kind of candy bar do astronauts like? Almond Joy. Mars. Mars. Oh, Milky Way. Mars bars it is. Oh, Milky Way's good. Good answer. I wanted to buy some camouflage pants, but I couldn't find any. (laughs) 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 And finally, what month is the shortest of the year? I know this one, but I can't remember it. April. May. It only has three letters. <laughs> that was great. That was a good one to end with. That's pretty good. Brad, that was the greatest bald-headed person jokes I've heard in long, long time. <laughs> Man. If you say so. Did you send any to Brad, or did you forget like you always do with me? Mike? He's still cracking up. <laughs> Thank you for Mike's jokes or something. He pops himself the most. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think that's he right. realizes all the punchlines at once, and that's why he laughs. Yep. So, back to you, James. <laughs> well, Adam, uh, you want to give a, a good goodbye? Yeah, because I, I got a, a prior thing I forgot all about until yesterday. All good. Bye. Thank you guys. I enjoyed it. Um, I'll be. Let's see here. Oh God, I don't even know. All I know is I, I do New South every other Saturday. When I'm not at New South, I'm at Spartan. And Are you referee? Friday, oh, okay, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's referee. And then Pro South every Friday. Awesome. Starting last week, two weeks ago. But whatever. Add on to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, well, Mike, yeah, well, Mike said, but reverse it. All right, all right, guys, I love you guys. Y'all be good. All right, see you. Right. See you, Adam. Love you, brother. Adam underscore from underscore Bama. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, didn't know I was doing this, I guess. So, yeah, uh, read the outline, huh? Yeah, well, didn't. <laughs> I guess when it changes, it fully fucking changes, doesn't it? Can't wait. You know, Bryant, you can jump in on this one. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Freaking Bryant. No, no, I'm saying, like, he can uh, he can show his face and take part in this segment because, you know, might as well ask everybody, right? I'm only we- in charge of build. I was only in charge of intros and doing your builds. Well, hey, guess what? We're all rotating, right? Get your ass on the screen. <laughs> Adam's now our producer. Adam. Bryant, you're in here. Well, here we go with uh, 
a special James edition of Would You Rather. Can't wait. So, uh, so I read the one, and then you guys just answer one on one, I guess. Hey, right. however you want to do it, James. It's your show. <laughs> Fucking a, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, totally got saying this. So I guess I'll start. Uh, would you rather keep the same format you've had for seventy something episodes, or change it up? Uh, I'll go first since I usually go last because we're changing it up. I would kind of like to keep it the same, but uh, you know, yeah, everybody else chime in. What you got? Listen, this was a lot of fun today. Of course, we're gonna go back to normal, but it was always fun to try something once, wasn't it? And now, thought and I, honestly, I thought Adam did a fantastic job. I agree. I think it was amazing. I had fun. I, I'm having fun again. <laughs> I think it's. I don't know about this NWA shit though, but you know, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> I will say, hearing you pronounce those names. Ah, uh, Tyrese. Oh, <laughs> I definitely like, I like changing something up every now and then. And Mike saying the NWA stuff was definitely fun. I like telling jokes. The recipe that you had, I bet you you would have nailed every word, too. And then you don't do the Mike's Beat Minute this week. You do this other thing. And, boy. Uh, Howdy. <laughs> It was good stuff. Right? You want to add anything in? Would you rather keep the same format? You off screen or oh wait a second, you're still off screen. Here here's the thing. I think it was a good change of pace for the show, mixing it up a little bit, everybody kind of doing a different segment. Maybe not everybody changed segments, but at least maybe like Brad changed with Adam one week and then or Mike and Devin do it the next week. I think the changeup is good. That's a good movie, too, the changeup. It is. No, thank you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to stay off camera, though, because that's how it's going to work. Is that all you have? Movie Minute with, with Brad Stan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move one, on. <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh, uh, next one. Would you rather gamble on yourself or take the comfortable way because it's safe? And you can interpret this as life, jobs, relationships, <laughs> or, uh, you know, however you need to. I'll go first. Boy, well, I'm about to oxymoron myself on this one, but I'd rather gamble on myself as I currently do the exact same shit <laughs> all the time, but... You know, what are your guys' thoughts? You know, it's so funny you say that because I've been in the same type of work for 22 years and. You well, know. Nothing about that safe because, you know, like you, you got to sell. But it, I don't know anything else, right? The only thing else I know is uh, how to do a podcast here and there. <laughs> but uh, I would love to gamble on myself. But what? To do what with, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I think I'd gamble kinda... on myself. It is an open question for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, especially if I, there's something out there that I want to reach out and grab, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself go out there. Abracadabra. I'm, I'm going to grab it one way or another. Now reach out and grab it, baby. Right. some toes and step on some heads, but. Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. There you go. Seven. I'm, uh, I'm playing this safe. All the time. Yeah, he's dated the same girl uh, for fucking like 10 years. Of course he's going to play it safe. Well, I'm not just, 
No, I I love Erica 100%. Stuff's new with her every day. Oh, look at That's that. That's never the same. Uh, but no, I I've also been in the same job for 6 years and I'm much happier knowing that I'm having a nice steady paycheck every single week than betting on myself and possibly risking it all and having nothing. Nothing wrong with that, Devin. At all. All right, Nebraska, Nebraska, John. Uh, I play it safe quite a bit at work, so I took a gamble convincing you all that I'm a producer. So uh, that was my gamble. Boy, did I play it so safe at work. (laughs) Paying off. I got you all con, so I mean, I'm clearly taking the gamble works. So, Uh, but no, I, I mean, I'm very big on playing it safe while I'm at work. So it's nice to take this gamble with you guys. Uh, and doing a fine job at it. Oh, shut up, Mike. That's it. <laughs> Your check's in the mail. Thanks, man. <laughs> couple more for us, because, you know, what would my uh, two-segment show be without, you know, just discussing multiple things like you guys do all the time? Anyway, um, so would you, would you rather have all matches be gimmick matches or all matches go one hour? All matches be gimmick matches. <laughs> one, yeah. one hour. Yeah. How many matches are on the show? <laughs> so, I mean, so, so every match is a gimmick match. I can't. So there's two matches a show is what you're telling me. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's going to be two matches if it's an hour. Omega, so no, Danielson. So I, guess you could, I guess we could fire everybody. Blair coming back there in. All you need is six people on each company. That saves them a bunch of money. Isn't every match a little bit of a gimmick match already? Ah. Uh, mm. Did see a lot of referee bumps in England, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Saw a few in the last match. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you got an answer, pal, or what? Yeah, I agreed with you guys. Uh, all gimmick matches, 100%. Everybody, Devin's tired. He's been golfing for two days. Right. <laughs> I had, to, I had to throw that layup out there because this is going to be the good one. And uh, no person in particular why I put this one, but uh, oh boy. would you rather have Goldberg be AEW champion or Alexa Bliss permanently retire? Oh, you got to <laughs> kidding me, really? <laughs> Alexa Bliss permanently retire. Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I'll be damned. Yes. She can still make appearances, right, Mike? She has Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> so, I mean, That's yeah. Anyway. Alexa Bliss retire. Uh, I'll be damned if he's fucking champion. Be- <laughs> right. He's so triggered by this. <laughs> Depending on when it happens, Max's when it happens, contract is up in 2024. I would like to see a Bill Goldberg come in and just defeat our champ. Fuck off, oh, Devin. Devin, you down totally, a peg. You totally took my idea. To WWE. All right, that's but Goldberg that's has to face Sammy Guevara beforehand. Goldberg. That'll be the Goldberg best. Goldberg does it. Gold, and then Goldberg just, just shows up at a pay per view. Serious? Fear Jackhammer beats MJF. Like you pins, serious, Bryant? No. And then yeah, we can also see Alexa Bliss then, come back. Yeah, because then I can keep Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I can keep Alexa Bliss. But Goldberg could just bro. run through that whole know. roster like it's nothing, because that's what yeah, Goldberg does. He, he knows everyone. Spear, jackhammer, pain. Break their neck. 
<laughs> yeah, he'll kick some heads into the third row. It'll be great. Do you like Brian Danielson? Not if Goldberg's champ. <laughs> yeah. And all right, last but not least, and uh, save this one uh, for you guys. Because, you know, love this uh, rotation. So, would you rather have Dallas win the Super Bowl or Texas win the national championship? Texas win the national championship. Texas. That's me. Texas win the national championship. Texas win the national championship. (laughs) I'll go Dallas. Fuck it. Because he wants Uh. Georgia to three-peat. I knew he was going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to see Dallas win just to watch the NFL burn down because I think that's what would happen. <laughs> you were happy for a minute, James, and then he finished the sentence. <laughs> hey, burn it, burn it down. Burn it down! You can get Seth Rollins all you want. Yeah. If Trey Lance wins a Super Bowl ring before the Niners, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> see, now that, <laughs> that, that was. Dallas, now I do want Dallas to win just for that. I want Dallas to win for that. I want them to put yeah, him in man. against the game against San Fran, like week five or whatever it is. It's just so he could score a touchdown. would be so sick. What's your no, answer, James? Come on. Uh, nope. Not doing that one. <laughs> you got to. It's your game. Yeah, I said both. I would rather both. Boom. That's the answer. Uh, Don't you know the rules just here? Just like Amy Vaughn. Typically Amy Vaughn. Yeah, right? Her, her, <laughs> <laughs> Hasbro wrote these rules. almost said Haribo, but that's uh, Gummy Bears. But Hasbro wrote these rules. And, yeah, that's it for the Would You Rather. So, uh, that was good, James. Thank you. Yeah. That, no, you know what, guys? Thank you. Thank you. And now we're on to next week. And <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati, as uh, Belichick would say. But hey, what is next week? Go ahead, Mike. Well, after we had these passings of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, we had Bob Barker at 99 years old pass away. But what did he do before he passed away? He was a guest host of Monday Night Raw. What Raw was that? September 7th, 2009. So we're going to cover two matches from September 7th, 2009, Monday Night Raw. What are those matches, you ask? Well, we're going to do John Cena. You can't see him. Versus Cody Rhodes. And this was before he became the American Dream. American Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Right. And then we're going to have DX, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels versus Randy Orton and Chris Masters. Man, I uh, hope you guys come on down to that episode. I don't know why y'all give me shit like It'll this. be quite a show. He was 86 years old there. <laughs> yeah. 13 wow. years ago. I can't wait to be the Rod Roddy of that episode. Or are we and don't forget, get your cats and dogs neutered and spaded. Right. Every segment. Cats neutered and spaded. Dogs neutered and spaded. I like it. I like it, too. That's very good, Mike. Good no, job. Let's do it. All right. Well, it's, it's announced. Yeah, I guess we have right? And it will be a showdown <laughs> unlike no other. And we have a long time to cover these matches. because Yeah, I got lots of time. I love this. We yodly, 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 are we yodly, yodly, yodly to the top yeah. now? Is it about a, we're about to drop it down like Plinko, huh? Yeah, my wheels are spinning. You know it. We'll hit a dollar with one. this one. One dollar, James. 
The new car. <laughs> Had to. But uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, want to thank everybody uh for this episode. Had a lot of fun. Uh, all jokes aside, you know, switching it up once was pretty uh exciting, <laughs> and uh, can't wait to get back to some sense of normalcy. But we won't because we're covering some Bob Barker shit. And uh, hey, that's wrestling, baby. <laughs> so, uh, want to thank everybody for joining us. Episode seventy-two, man. Uh, shout out to the memories of uh Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, and uh, of course, shout out to the memories of everyone we've lost this year. Uh, it's been a pretty rough one for us wrestling fans. And um, but before that, you know what? Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Kickout Crew. Go to the Facebook Kickout Crew. Uh, go to Instagram, Kickout Crew. Watch previous episodes and clips and uh, bonus stuff on our YouTube. And uh, where can you find these video episodes? Well, that's Premier Streaming Network. So be sure to subscribe there. And uh, hey, tell them the Kickout Crew sent you. You know, be a friend and tell a friend. Because, you know, like I was saying, sometimes, you know, things just switch up. And you don't know where the hell you're going. But you know where you're going? forward because every step you take is another step forward and don't ever forget that because like we say on your show when life gets you down hey you just kick out it too that's what we do that's what you do on your show the kick out crew everybody have a good week and uh hey we'll see you next week goodbye run